episode of Block Talk, presented by Athena and the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do to show support is with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep blocktalk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Michael Blocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Things got emotional this week as a perfume challenge brought a heart-wrenching lip-sync elimination. It's time to talk all things Drag Race France, and joining me is someone who is ready to spritz up this episode. It's Andy Starling. How are you? Bonsoir, monsieur. Um, I don't speak French. Do you? What is your French background? Un peu. Um, I took uh, French in high school. and That, that I, checks out. I, yeah, right. I'm in the French Honor Society. Of course you are. <laughs> Um, I did very well in French in high school and then I uh, placed in the French in college and that was a big mistake because I took like a year and a half off and I went to the little, you know, whatever study center and I took a computer test to tell me Mm -hmm. how how, uh, advanced I was in French and it placed me in year two. And I think I got a like straight C's (laughs) in college in French, so... (laughs) Um, yeah. Have you ever been to France? I've not been to France. Shocking. Me either, but, but what? I'm currently in yeah. North Carolina. Um, you are? Mom. Yeah. And um, we are, went to this little thing called um, Lafayette Village in Raleigh. And uh-huh. it's set up like a little Parisian town. It's very cute. Very, there's very, a lot very of, cute. Um, there's a lot of little French touches around North Carolina. I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina. So I'm Lafayette. sorry. Yes, thank you. Um, My brother lived there for two years, oof, and now he's glad yeah. to be gone. Yes, it's very brown. Um, but there's a little um, shopping center. I think it was called like Bordeaux or something. Um, but it had a a like twenty foot tall Eiffel Tower. Oh, very cool. I, I yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I've seen that before. I've definitely yeah, seen have. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we're here to talk about Drag Race France, uh, episode six. Uh, Andy Starling, how are you enjoying it so far? I know you did a little speed through of the season. Yes, um, I'm enjoying it. It's, I mean, I, it's like a little muzzy for drag queens, right? Do you remember muzzy? Uh-huh, of course. <laughs> like, je suis la jeune fille. Yes, that's French those kids are speaking, but no, they're not French. They're American. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, it's fun. I have, I've been really busy with work, so I did try to do a little speed, uh, you know, like where you can make the video go like 1.25 or 1.5 speed. And yes. I was like speed reading the captions. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the the looks. Um, yes. I'm enjoying the um, intri- intriguing translations. The, the yeah. Captions. Um, yeah, they're 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 something. Yeah, but it's. Do fun. you have any I favorite like... contestants? Oh, I'm really enjoying um, Paloma. Uh, 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 me too. I like Paloma a lot. I really like um, Lolita Banana. Yes, we love Lolita She's on the adorable. podcast. 
I think she's really cute. Um, I like the flavor she brings to the cast. I like that she's like bringing out every other cast member's um, xenophobia. I know, uh, it's, kind of, it's terrible. It's like it's really bad. awkward. Yeah. I'm like, if this was like, can you, I, I just imagine like the things they say about her if it was in America, how um, the shoe oh would God. be on the other foot. Yeah, it's really, I feel sorry for her. Or like, not sorry, but like bad because it's like, She's so adorable, and um, and everyone's yeah. giving her a really. And we'll we'll get to discuss that a little bit this episode yeah. because um, I I don't know the specifics, but apparently there's a lot of hate thrown um certain people's ways this episode. Really? After that untucked, so we'll have to just we'll okay. get there and discuss it. But let's dive in okay. to this episode. First, I need to point out maybe I didn't notice it before, but when the queens walk into the workroom after elimination, the caption reads mysterious hip-hop music I wrote now that we down all too. know the music we all know the music that plays after an elimination what is this <laughs> caption mysterious hip-hop wait can i show you my iphone screen my first note please i don't know if you can see it yes i see it yeah mysterious um, hip-hop music what is, is going note. on people mysterious hip-hop um, that's not mysterious hip-hop yeah dun, 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 dun. yeah anyway um, Ellipsis that, that was the first yeah, funny uh, subtitle. Strange. Now, Ellipsis' message tells them that she will meet them again um, in Bordeaux. Um, Bordeaux sounds like a very pretty place. Let's go. Field trip. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Let's get out of this um, fucking the, country. All right. They're all going to discuss how much of a multifaceted and remarkable artist she is. And Paloma will say that she finds Ellipsis a bit unsettling. I don't think that's the word caption meant, but I think I know where she's going. Go on, like we're, unsettling is not the word. I think she intriguing and and mm. different in, in that, but not unsettling. Unsettling yeah, is not unsettling, what we're trying to yeah. describe. Someone. Paloma though is reminded that Melin keeps saving her, and maybe she was there with her the entire time, like a little angel on her shoulder. Um, she knows she's had her ups and downs, but she knows she is ready for whatever Drag Race will give her. Now she just needs a win. We love how the editors are like. Here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Let's see if you catch on. Right. It's the next day, and the top five arrive. Like, they're on a flight. Uh, Soa is a flight attendant. The others may be flight attendants, too. I'm not sure. All I know, this was not Glamazonian Airways. <laughs> right. Welcome aboard. Uh, here's what I'm going to say. When I re- my, was remembered about Glamazonian Airways, that was a very important challenge in Drag Race because it was a lip sync challenge mm-hmm. we don't get that anymore it was like we a should mega, go back to that mega mix i loved that yeah rue if you're listening let's do that yeah, yeah rue Rue's. you're number one subscriber right rupaul yeah absolutely oh, right in every episode <laughs> like rupaul knows how to subscribe to a podcast oh sure um yeah. she's like michelle well, how do you how do you open up spotify and you, what's your name? Jinx. Did you, you've seen that clip, yeah? Oh, right. Where, yeah. Where like, what's her, oh, yeah. What's her name? Yeah. Uh, Dragon literally saying to the winner of Drag Race All Stars, I don't remember your name. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, well, it's the fin- final stretch. They're all going out, and the room has gotten quiet. There is a lot more room. You can now hear an echo. Soa has won her second challenge, but she wasn't going to say anything about it. That's just a lie. She's a drag queen. Of course, she's going to brag. She's a fucking drag queen. All drag queens brag, right? Absolutely. Now, Paloma would like an acting challenge next, and La Buberta is still desperate for a cooking challenge. Not on this show, but what would 
a cooking challenge on Drag Race look like? What would it look? Didn't they do one on UK? Or no, it was like a morning show challenge, right? Yeah, they did the morning show challenge. Like, so there, there was like a little segment with Veronica and I almost called um, Veronica sissy. I was like, ah! I was like, this, this, I was like, no, the that's the tea. Um, um, what would a um, uh, cooking challenge look like? I guess they would probably have to. Um, they would have to either make fun of like nailed it or listen. Uh, they have had Nicole Byer on the show how many times? Right? Do a nailed it challenge, right? Um, nailed it or that sounds like more of a mini challenge to me though. That's fair. That's maybe fair. that would be the setup to the cooking challenge. Maybe episode. maybe the challenge is to make a RuPaul cake. Yes, like a celebratory like for a drag con. Yeah, there it is. There and, it is. And, and the winning the winning cake will be on display at drag con, uh, LA twenty twenty three. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. It would be some, but it's some, some something like that, or like something to do with like uh, Top Chef or whatever, right? Mm-hmm, like because yes. they love like sort of parodying like really big reality format. Mm-hmm, that's true. Uh, speaking of Top Chef, uh, Top Chef UK. Uh, if anyone uh, on the UK is watching, Kitty Scott Claus is on the celebrity version, really, or Master Chef, one of them, whatever show it is. There, one of um, Kitty's on. I love Kitty. I, I made out with someone from Great British British Bake Off once. Who? He was this really hot. I think he was a doctor, maybe like in part time. I met him at Marie's Crisis. This is breaking news, people! Wow, you made out with a reality <laughs> star. That's so cool. It was it was a moment in the woods. It was, you know, like a five minute like session and then never to be heard from again. That's scary. I would love to make out with a reality star one night. That'd be cool. Reality stars hit me up. Yeah. Lines are open. They sure are. Well, the cockadoodles, and it's time for the rival of the hostess with the mostess, Nikki Dahl. Uh, Nikki can count on five to count to five on her hand, which means the winner is there on her hand. That's a fun statistic. That's cool. Five fingers, five contestants, one winner. Whoa. Oh. For this week's mini challenge, they are going to settle their differences with their fists. And I'm like, are we finally getting Drag Race Fight Club? Right. (laughs) I was like, Nikki, you're doing it. No, 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 no. It's time for puppets because everybody loves puppets. Puppets. It's a classic challenge that Rue seems to have retired. Right. And these puppets, like, they had something to say with these base puppets. Well, they sure did. Now, (laughs) I don't want a puppet. I would like the pit crew member with the beard. That Ooh. man was hot. Nikki, please make the introduction for me. I would like to meet him. I don't know his name, but he is very, very handsome. Again, lines are open. Yes, they are. Now, we're going to find out who is going to get who. Now, before we discuss the um, in that information, I have to say these puppets, like you mentioned, uh, the character traits are like nothing we've seen before. Very specific. <laughs> right? Very campy. Like it um, seemed like the crew members, whoever the prop, whoever the prop stylist was, was like, "I'm gonna add my read to the, the cast members with these." Now, what would your puppet look like in the the vein of these Drag Race France puppets? What would mine look like? Mm-hmm. Oh. What would be the read or the uh, oh. exaggeration be? Hmm. I don't know. Probably. Um... Uh, the the most hideous creature that ever graced the planet. Oh, shut up! <laughs> it would just be like a bridge bridge troll. Oh, um, God. but I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't really know what my like um, probably some monotone, boring, scruffy <laughs> puppet. Maybe. <laughs> well, Bigberta's gonna what, get Lolita. That's and what her people pink. tell me. Lolita uh, is going to La Bigberta with her pink hair. So it gets Paloma. Lolita goes, is gonna grab La Grande Dame and those giant fucking legs. And right. Paloma gets La Bigberta with food literally around her mouth. Yeah, that was kind of that was a lot. And then yeah. Legrand Dom has Soa, who's a mermaid. Why was she a mermaid? Do That's we know? A mystery. I don't know. I don't well, know. They're going to have 10 minutes to get their puppets into puppet drag. Um, Lolita is a dancer, so La Biberta is going to get shiny fabric and glue it on. Legrand Dom is giving Soa a Mylene hairstyle because I don't think she has the smarts to figure out what else to do with the puppet and the supplies she has. Nope. Meanwhile, Soa is going to do the same thing for Paloma, and she's not inspired at all, but she will be going heavy with the dark eye circles. They are full on bags. I can relate. I have like very deep, heavy bags. Mm. Um, it might be my old age. I'm not quite sure. You have very, very pretty eyes. I'm sure you do more to your face than mm. I do. Um, but I, yeah, I'm old. I need, what do I need to do? Should I get Botox? Andy Strong, should I get Botox? Um, I don't know if Botox is what people or, or do for their under eyes. Don't do that filler stuff. That everyone, that always fucks up. What do I do, Andy? I need help. I don't know. I stopped drinking back in January, and that seems to help. That's a good idea. I haven't. I don't yeah. drink that much anymore. I don't. I don't yeah. have the desire to. Right. It just makes me sleepy. I was just like, why do you think RuPaul looks so amazing at sixty? That's true. He's that over for twenty years. That's true. All um, right, we're gonna start off with our puppets, and Big Bertha starts off and screams "Oli, Oli, Oli!" as it is Loli the banana. Mm-hmm. Uh, she calls her the Alyssa Edwards of the season and mocks her for talking about dancing and dancing and dancing. What other talents does she have? Dancing. She then starts to talk unintelligibly as that's what they perceive of, you know, the immigrant. Um, well, or at least that's what production feels as we're going to get a little speed through of Lolita and confessional turning herself into a chipmunk. <laughs> a little rough, a little rough, but Berta will give her Lolita a big hug. And if that's not foreshadowing of what's to come in this episode, I don't know what is. Neat. What did you think of La Biberta's performance as Lolita? I honestly, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember because I watched that part earlier today. That's fair, that's fair. And um, and then I had to take a break and I watched the remainder later today. That's fair. Now, so it's turn with Paloma. She mocks her desire to be an actress and be in films. It's very dramatic, but in the end, Soa says that she's not inspired by these kinds of challenges. And I say, girl, why are you on Drag Race? Like, you knew this was going to come. Mm. That's true. Also, we're going to learn that um, what if Paloma's nuts dropped popping out during the lip sync? Thank you for telling us, Soa. We never would have known. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I do it was very that, funny. The little ball, um, ball falling out. Have you ever had a ball fall out during a performance? Um, no. Good. <laughs> Because Good, I, that's I mean, I'm wearing like multiple layers of tights, so that's fair. That's and fair. I do what Sasha Valor I recalled called the monster mash. Yes. Mm-hmm, uh huh. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I have not. Once I started like wearing pads that match my shoulders, the hips match the shoulders. You know, along mm-hmm. comes five layers of tights. So, True. no, not a ball to be found. Now we have Paloma with Bella La Biberta, and she is going over the top with her booming voice. She's going to sing her voice and then say that it needs to be auto-tuned. 
She gives Berta a costume change, but then says she needs help to be in public television and puts a trash bag on top of her, which was funny because of the look that she wore. And then she yells about wanting a cooking challenge. And yes, Berta, Paloma was marvelous as you. <laughs> Lolita's turn as Grand La Grande Dame. And yes, we have the tiny person with the tallest puppet. Like that was mean. That was cruel. Her gimmicks are going to fall flat as the reveals reveal too soon. She tries to do a deep voice and say that she wants the crown, but there's nothing funny to say about her. But maybe that's just a sign that La Grande Dame is just that egotistical and just wants the crown. Yeah. I know I'm not the biggest La Grande Dame fan. Are you not? Like, I just, I just, I'm, not, I'm uninspired. Mm, I think she's really hot. She's very attractive. Yes, we yeah. will, we will absolutely agree on that. But I'm uninspired. Mm. I like drag queens who have drag, not drag queens who wear designers. I see what you're saying. It is, there is becoming a lot of, um, there's like a blurring now, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's this. Yeah, very much. Very, um, yeah, there's this, there's a metamorphosis happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to watch. It is. Now, finally, we have the Grand Dame with Soa and Yo, Yo, Yo. She starts off with her wigs are so ugly. They're hiding her eyes, but she's feeling great. And Yo, Yo, Yo's the entire time. Uh, <laughs> she's going to mock her for that her clothes and fall down and because they are not finished and well so it knows where the grand dame lives so watch her wardrobe get cut up real soon <laughs> see that's the danger when drag queens know where you live you you, you, you piss off one you're done that's why i always tell my drag friends to drop me off at this corner that's an undisclosed location <laughs> because i cannot Damn. have any of them knowing where she resides she has no clue no idea and even if <laughs> she, she thinks did, i live over by the river <laughs> And even if she did, she would, she would be way too high to know. Sure, sure. Yeah. I love you, Aria. Yeah. Love you, Kim. All right. Nikki decides that the winner of the challenge is Paloma. Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. I agree, too. Well, for this week's Maxi Challenge, they'll be putting on perfume. And not just any perfume, theirs. They will have to create a perfume with name, slogan, and commercial. Now, Nikki will make a reference with which the captions say selfish. Uh, Lolita doesn't get it I don't get it Um, and Paloma then mocks Lolita for not knowing the reference since she's been here for 12 years and that's going to be a theme for this episode right yeah you've been here girl you should have known girl come on girl now Nikki will call my sexy pit crew member to come back in as Paloma will get to pick which box goes to each queen they will have to use the items in their box as inspiration the outside will reflect what is inside each box and each box will also have this perfume bottle for each. Now, Paloma says she wants to keep it fair, and the base of the box will be their personality. So, iridescent will go to Berta because it's cabaret, as she says. Bamboo will go to Soa, Pleather goes to La Grande Dame, Pinata goes to Lolita, and Red for Paloma. Now, not knowing what was inside, which box would you have gone for if you just saw the boxes? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a red. That's the one that went to Paloma, right? The red, yes. you said? Mm-hmm. I think that one caught my mm-hmm. eye. Yeah, I think that one. Yeah. Now, Nikki shares that they will be revealing their perfumes to two extraordinary guests, fashion designer Alexander Matusi and pop star Yizilt. Uh, are you familiar with either of them? Nope. <laughs> Neither am I, but uh, they're fun. I like them. We're going to talk about them later. They're cool. Yeah. Oh, and I just, um, I've been doing some roving reporting 
Um, oh, yes. So Egoist is a Chanel fragrance. So I think they were they were mocking a. Um, it does mean like selfish, I believe. Uh, egoist. Okay. Um, it's a egoist for men. Egoist. Platinum. Thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, so I'm, I assumed that it was some sort of reference. I, I think yeah. it was something along the lines of like obsession, Calvin Klein, yeah. you know. Listeners, if you would like to get Egoist for both Andy and I, we will mm-hmm. take donations. The lines are open. Yes. <laughs> now let's discuss the dream perfume for you. What would you call your dream perfume? And what would the theme of the commercial Ooh. be? I'm not going to say you had to pick one of these themes. Mm-hmm. You can pick whatever theme you want. Well, I definitely, I think there would be some sort of element of like, like a r- rising star, maybe some uh-huh. sort of like something along the lines of like, you know how Britney Spears looked in the Lucky music video yes, and yes. she was sitting on like a moon or maybe uh-huh. it was like she was sitting on like a billboard ledge or something, something like that, mm-hmm. where it's like very paper moon set, like it, you can see all the seams and it's like very like fantasy mm-hmm, looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be the vibe. And I it's called? And it's called, hmm. I have an idea. So okay. what's your idea? Can, what's it's your called Backup Plan. Backup Plan. Okay. I was going to be nice. I was going to call it Starlet. Yeah, Starlet. I like, mm-hmm. the, I like the idea of rising star. I, I was thinking about this earlier and I was like, oh, should I call it Casting Couch? And I was like, no, that's too, not after me too. <laughs> that's what I would right. do and people would hate right. me. Right. Um, it would what be are something. The... I think it would be something along the lines of like Delusion by Jinx mm-hmm. Monsoon. Yes, yes. You know, that. That idea of like, um, you know, you go to Hollywood to sell your soul. Now, what notes would we have in this scent? Ooh, what notes? Definitely like um, uh, brothel. Notes brothel, of brothel. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Regret. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We would have regret. We would have um, three-day underwear as a, Ooh. Uh, as a note. Yeah. Very musty. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm sensing something like powdery and mus- musky. And like, okay. did you watch the Halston, um, the Halston? I haven't gone to it. So he does, he does um, his own, he goes to like a perfumer, like a nose, and she mm-hmm. helps him develop the scent. She's like, I want you to bring me three things that like, you want the smell, like oh, a boat wow. thing, whatever. And one of them, he, bring, he brings her his, um, his lover's jock strap. And so, Ooh. and she's like, um, I think he's like, I can't remember, but he might've been apprehensive about it. And she like puts her hand out like, no. And she's like, give it to me. And she does this like intense inhale of it, like intoxicating. Right. Yeah. But anyway. Well, it's their turn to open up their boxes. Paloma is going to find a champagne glass, a very chic vintage glasses, feathers, and a red bottle. Berta has a pride box, literally pride in a box. I would cry. Like yeah, tacky rainroid. Is the worst box you could ever receive. Like, why is there always one box that's just like sabotage in a package? Right. Like that box, if Lolita got, I think she would have been okay with, but no, uh-huh. Bertha was like, fuck you. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that was homophobia and it yes. was so gay. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Soa is going to be the queen of the jungle as her box contains leaves and birds and some feathers. She's that very comfortable with it. Yeah, and she's uh-huh. already got inspiration. The Grand Dame hopes her box has leather and studs and is BDSM, but when she does open it, she finds a black bottle with a studded belt and a studded collar and it's nothing that she would ultimately do, but we'll get there. We will get there. Finally, Lolita's box has an inflatable microphone, a cell phone, and a beautiful pink bottle. It's very girly, very teeny boppers. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of her brand, right? It is, very much. Yeah. The queens are going to start sketching out the storyboards, and Paloma tells us that she's a director, so she's very comfortable and in her element. But she knows the drag race, so they only have just a few hours to get everything done. Now, I know you, Andy Starling. 
What do you they do? would say you have five hours for this and you would be like, I quit. I'm done. I, can't do <laughs> I need 34 more hours. That's not necessarily true. Cause you do it in five hours or would you be so stressed? No, I think, um, I think there's like this perception, like on one hand, I am. You're an artist. Much, I'm an art. Yes, I'm an artist. I'm very much um, a perfectionist and that does play into a lot of my anxieties in drag. Like I do deal, I struggle a lot with anxiety and drag. That's yeah. not always present in my out of drag life. Um, but it's that like obsession with like, you know, the corner I've um, put myself in to wanting to be like perfect. Um, but uh, I am very good under pressure too, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and I, and I can, I kind of, I'm a, a consummate procrastinator. So, so t- tight deadlines do actually work to my benefit sometimes. That's good. Yeah. Um, the grand so, dame, though. Yeah. The grand dame, anyway, no, no. But I She's sitting there. She's sitting there. No ideas. Blank slate. Bertha is yeah. working with the devil and an angel on her shoulder. So she's struggling as well. And Lolita just can't stop writing. She's got four yeah. pages. She thinks she's the next Molière. Molière. Yeah. Come yeah, on, work. Right? I was like, where did you pull Molière comedy? out of? Yeah. Was <laughs> well, like, she's been there for 12 years. So for, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. where she's been. She's seen a Molière. darling. All right. Well, Nikki arrives to see how the girls are girling. Um, Paloma <laughs> is first and shares that she wants to make fun of what she's getting critiqued for, a.k.a. overthinking and overexplaining. She has an idea of an actress with too many illusions, so that's what she's going to be playing off of. And the name for now is Freeloader, as it says in the caption, by Paloma. Um, and then they joke that's Paloma Picasso. Right, right. I don't do French, but whatever she shared, it's very complicated. I don't know. That's what happened. Right, right. La Begberta is up next, and she's not inspired by the pride flag, but had an idea of a bachelorette party. She says, um, in Marais, you will see all happy girls happy to be married, so she's going to go use that as inspiration and play on the cliches, and it'll be called Cliché by La Begberta. Cliché. Um, that was interesting to me. I didn't realize that they had the bachelorette problem in, uh, in France. In Paris? Yeah, apparently. Um, I was like, is this, is this Lucky Chang's? Is this um, right. Lips? Yeah, is this the duplex? Like what? Mm. Now, oh my god, the duplex! I need to go to duplex because there's a boy who works there that I have a little crush on. Oh my god, he's so cute. Um, we're on that not the day. <laughs> anyway, Nikki is going to tell her it would be fun to do a parody of that kind of a woman, but she sees her unmotivated. She's scared of being a failure after all the planning she's doing, and Nikki reminds her that she's in the top five. She's a very good drag queen, so there's nothing to worry about. Shake it out and just don't get caught in your thoughts. Good, good advice. Soa is up, 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 and she wants to be an office lady who is too caught up in her work that the men keep bringing her. She wants to go and get out of the situation. The perfume appears and spritz. The roles are reversed. She's an empowered woman. It will be called Cunha, which is part of a dirty Creole word, word that she used to say. We will learn that that phrase... Cunha Mamani is essentially saying your mother's pussy. The more you know. <laughs> um, the things they can get away with on Drag Race France. No, Cunha. Uh, I think I'm saying it right. Is that, I think that's how it's really said. I'm not sure. Um, La Grande Dame. Yeah. La Grande Dame is destabilized by this challenge. With the instructions she received last week, she wants to do what is expected. And Nikki's like, So what's being asked of you? Like, what, 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 what do we tell you? And she's like, she says that you have to do something nice with the stuff and do something rock or biker. And she's like, you're just reading too much into it. No, no, no. And Nikki's like, no, we, we, did you ever do a class project? Like we're asking you to make an ad with accessories in the box. 
do your own work thing, live in your own world, get right. out of your head, do what you want. Don't keep yourself in a pleather box. <laughs> the Grand Dame, though, is encouraged by Nikki. And even with the encouragement, I'll still say, the Grand Dame, what the fuck did you do? But we'll get here. We'll get there. <laughs> now, Lolita is doing pretty good because her ad is about a teenager girl who smells bad, you know, like any teenage girl with hormonal issues. All she wants to do is take selfies and be a pop star, but she's with the friend. She is the friend who stinks. And here comes Lolita Coquine for you and your friend's noses. Listen, she's got a concept. That's that's more than another girl. I have to say, I actually really liked that hook. It, it, it <laughs> like, was very that's campy. That's a great tra- tra- tagline, like for you and exactly. your friend's noses. Um, I think like she, normally we would say, yeah, this is a great concept. But there's something about Lolita where it's just like, this is weird because you're actually 36 years old. Right. There is something it was weird. that I... Uh, um, yeah, she does read a lot younger sometimes, right? She does, because she's a little tiny pocket person. Mm-hmm. Well, she now gives Nikki... me, like, she kind of reminds me, did I say this already? She kind of reminds me of Shangela a little bit. Like, oh, I thought you were going to say someone else. Um, okay, who, interesting. Who? No, I'm going to save it for when we get to the <laughs> Okay. Commercial. No, just like, um, um, she reminds me of Shangela in the way of, like, her sort of energy and... Um, the way she's being kind of treated by the other girl. Absolutely, like, absolutely. She reminds me of her on season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I'm thinking of her as younger because Chantelo was very green at that time. She was. You know? Well, Nikki tells her just, you want to win this challenge. You're ambitious, but just stay focused and be able to film in the allotted time. Well, we're going to be on set. And I mean workroom because the set is in the workroom. And it's a white backdrop, white backdrop and floor. Can we just give them a bigger budget next season? Give them a new studio. Nikki oh and friends God. deserve it, please. What in the... It's crazy. What in um, the like, what, Microsoft, what is it? Movie Maker, whatever that literally, program was called. Literally. <laughs> now, first to film is Soa, who is looking dazzling in that gold dress and afro. Like, I'm kind of obsessed with the sexy mm. woman side of Soa. Mm-hmm. Very hot, very hot. Her setup is very tropical with a really cool green chair that I dig. I would like that one in teal. Um, you, you you know more about interior design. Do you know what kind of um, uh, era or, 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 or style that green chair was? I'd have, what, to, is look it it, mod- I'd have to look it up. Um, I don't is remember. It mid, it's not mid-century. but Let, it, me, it, let me see if I can find. Where yeah, would I find if, that? On Drag Race Friends, know. maybe they put it? Maybe, perhaps. Um, I'm we'll really back into to that interior nah. design right now. I love it. Um, but she's going to use the pit crew and they're going to be all her bitches and I'm just very jealous. <laughs> well, I have to be on Drag Race to have boys just surround me for no reason. I mean, that sounds like my, that's going to be my uh, MO. There it is. It's, a, it's an right, empty so, profession um, though, Michael. I know. They never I know stay away is. when the lights go off. I know, I know. She's going to try to have fun, um, but you can tell she's very stressed and she literally swallows her words. Um, now we're going to have La Grande Dame and he, she is walking in the category Butch Queen Realness. I don't know where she got that lesbian wig. Oh, wait, so it amused. That's so that, that's his wig, clearly. <laughs> um, she's going to change the lyrics of Boom Boom and make it Vroom Vroom and then something about shit, shit. Now. Yeah. Now, listen. I know, <laughs> I knew there was going to be some sort of reference going on here. First, the translation according to the internet is hiss as an, ex- as an exclamation or spray as a noun. Then we're going to go a little deeper. Shit is a French soda created by Perrier, which comes in two flavors, lemon and orange. Mm-hmm. Why is it called shit? 
Well, that's the sound the bottle makes when it opens. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to reveal something about myself right now. Um, when I was typing out my notes, I replaced subconsciously the word bottle with the word bottom. <laughs> but let's be honest, that's probably the sound the bottom makes also. Yes, absolutely. Uh, God, I need to when you fucking have sex out. soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, bottoms bottom. come to me. Lines are open. <laughs> Lines are open. Lines are open. Bottoms. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's the insight of behind the scenes of me doing my notes for this podcast. <laughs> shit, shit. And then it was like when she was getting critiqued, they were like, "The commercial was shit. The look was shit." And I was yeah. like, "It's not translating the same." It's not. It's not at English. all. Nope. Well, Nikki's gonna just say to the grand dame, "Where's the perfume?" And like, she's like, "Oh, wait, I forgot the perfume." That's the whole point of right. this commercial. I feel uh, like a lot of them that. forgot they were making perfume commercials. I, I, I agree. <laughs> now, the tagline she's trying to go for is "The perfume with lots of alcohol for women with lots of balls." The perfume that makes you smell good and solves all your problems. There's right. just a lot of words that she can't even get them out without laughing or screwing them up. Right. So, edit. It's time to edit, girl. But Nikki tells her that she's getting an, enter- an entertaining ad and she's just not selling perfume. So figure that out. Yeah. I feel like uh, she, do you remember my big fat Greek wedding? Oh, where yes. the like, gram- I think it was the grandmother or grandfather thought everything was solved with Windex. Literally. That was like the product she was selling. Mm-hmm. She was spraying it everywhere. <laughs> now Paloma, her turn. She is coming in wearing a rainbow dress and Big Bird is like, and I'm stuck with the pride shit. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Uh, Paloma is going to do a voiceover that starts with it all being a dream. And can we discuss the wig? It's a very vintage wig. I feel like it's a wig that um, um, you might fancy. Um, Maxi might design for you. I don't know. Um, but the sideburn line was horrible. God, it I need, do you have nothing. a reference? Do you have a reference photo? Um, I don't. Maybe go to Paloma's Instagram. It might be on okay, hers. Maybe let's do that. But just because of the way it was shaped, you could see the sideburns that she already cut up. Mm. No bueno, not good, not good. Um, also, the voice that she had, kind of hilarious. It was very over-the-top French, like even more so than how I think they are all currently talk. I think she might have had the same self-critique because she does not have it on her Instagram. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Now, we're going to learn from Paloma that she has the most valuable object in the history of Drag Race, and that is her martini glass. This will be the third challenge it's been used in. (laughs) How much do you think she's selling it for, and how can I get it from her? Uh, Hopefully she has that merch, as merch as Drag Oh my god, she should sell it at DragCon! Paloma, hire me! I'll be your merch person! Make make the martini glass. Is it becoming the new Jocelyn Fox necklace? Want, want, probably. It's becoming like a part of every look. Why has that bitch not been asked back yet? What is Jocelyn Fox no, doing wrong? Horrible. Why is she not back on Drag Race? I mean, I don't know. They're, anyway. sleep- they're sleeping on the girls, Michael. All right. Absolutely sleeping on them. She's going to do another costume change in her what I call the Aquaria Club look. Um, <laughs> she's so versatile. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Next up. Lolita Banana, who is doing her best Ritzy Bits cosplay. <laughs> hey. it's a, is it not? Yeah. It's so Ritzy Bits. <laughs> we love yeah. you, Ritzy. That's who she reminds me of. It's kind oh, of crazy. That's who you were. 
Mm-hmm. I see. Lolita. Yes, now Lolita is going to force uh, the pit crew to be teenage girls. Ill, gross. Um, <laughs> Ill. It's very uh, what's his face, Jimmy. Yep. Is that mm-hmm. where you were referencing Jimmy? Fallon? Absolutely. Ill. Yeah, it is very ill. She's going to be directing them like this is a movie that she has months and months to film. Not the case. <laughs> Not at all. And Nikki's like, half the time is up. You're still in the same scene. Like. Maybe editing will help you, but not really. Right. Now, finally, we got little Big Berta. Uh, she's going to get her time to film, and this looks like she's got it. She looks like she's got it, right? No, no. It's, it's horrid. It's horrible. All she does is have the hair vile. Um, she said, I'm going to do a parody of these girls, and I'm not going to look good. These bachelorette girls, they're crazy. And she looked crazy. She um, looked crazy. I didn't quite get what she, what angle she was selling. I don't know either. Uh, bad decisions all around. Bad decisions. But she is telling this poor short pick remember to push her around. <laughs> then another one is dumping water on her. And that's all we're going to get. And that's because the editors needed to save the good, the bad, and the ugly for the main stage. Mm. We're going to go into the uh, workroom for one more uh, rousing game of Leapfrog. And this time, Legrand Dom does participate, but it's so who's like, I'm going to walk around and not play Leapfrog. The discussion is going to turn to who is able to live on 100% of their drag. And Paloma says that she does not make her living on drag as she's not made to do just one thing. I respect that. There's a lot of us out there who, point, yeah. who have other things. And they're going to talk about how performing in drag in France is hard. The Grand Dame is like, well, I mean, I do modeling commercials and that's my living. And I would have been like, like sorry, we're all not 6'5 and a model, but good for you. Um... <laughs> She says that if she tried to make all her money on performances and parties, it would be pretty tough. Mm-hmm. In confessional, she says that only a handful of drag queens in France can actually pay rent, eat, and survive on the money they make in drag. Drag is for fun. It's partly true, but if you bought, if you're not there to buy a drink and be happy, you're not going to get paid. Alberta shares that she's had many times where her dressing room is the toilet, and to that I say, it's probably when she was in New York, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I know she's performed in New York, so I think she's calling New York. Um, yeah. But so I mean, his first gig, she got a crumpled up bill as her um, yeah. payment. Apparently, it was twenty dollar bill. Yes, as uh, the 20. subtitles told us. Yes. I don't know what uh, what it was in uh, francs. Euros. Yeah. I mean, euros. Um, oh yeah, I guess just, it's now euros, right? Right. I, I brought just, her back to like Les Mis. I was like francs. <laughs> and francs. <laughs> That's the challenge we need. We need a Les Mis challenge. That would be funny. Could you or like a Victor Hugo. Yes, like, yes. like with a hunchback part two. And, uh. Please, that's what. Now, Bertha says that in France, they're not taken seriously as drag artists. The average Joe sees a drag queen as a man dressed as a woman. Yeah. She hopes drag race will allow people to see that there's so much more work that goes into it. I found this to be a very interesting conversation, and it's not one that we've had on the American version of the show. And I think it's an important one that needs to happen because the stigma that non-nightlife people perceive on drag artists. No, it's nearly impossible to survive because of the pay and the uncertainty and the instability of gigs. And that's what most drag fans don't get. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's um, it's uh, almost become this faux... Um, I don't know what to say. Like, not celeb... I don't know. Like, uh, there's this illusion that like drag queens have this glamorous you know it's like the insta celebrity because of drag right. race and um and that's obviously not the case um 
in and but it's also not helped by the success of the show because it looks mm-hmm. like it looks like uh, everyone has you know thousands of dollars to spend uh, per garment and um, exactly and I, I that's why I would love to have this conversation on the American version like let one of the like the a future New York queen who who lives off of drag talk about it with a queen from a small market. I would like to hear that conversation because Absolutely. it is so different. Um, so future drag race contestants, <laughs> please do that conversation yeah. with me. Please I just give you content. Yeah. And yeah. It's well, hard they, too, because it's like a trickle down, right? Like it's setting a Absolutely. standard. It's setting a standard of what local drag is uh, quote unquote supposed to look like. And it's placing unrealistic expectations. On, exactly. Because on then you are, part time you know exactly and then you're going to have all these young drag artists going to bars and being like i deserve five hundred dollars for this right. gig and they're gonna be like no you don't <laughs> and you don't get hired so it, it let's let, let's normalize things and make things better and easier for everyone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's try it absolutely lolita asked berta how long it's been since she was able to make a living doing drag and she says four or five years since she's become a professional and why is that well she nonchalantly is going to say it's because she, you know, had cancer. Right. Bomb dropped. Right, right. Um, good for you to just say it the way you did. But she says that so was with her the entire time. And she says you learn about yourself during mm. that period because you begin thinking that you might not be there anymore soon. She realized she also had to go for it, which her family was terrified about, not only because of her illness, but because she was going to quit her job, which was ensuring her life. She says that she was a private concierge before she did drag. And yeah, I don't know what kind of cancer she had. She didn't divulge into the specifics. Mm -hmm. Um, But so it is glad she opened up because she was there during her time. And she says what she did was amazing. Now, Berta will say that Berta saved her from everything. She was always bothered, bothering the doctors to plan chemo so she can be a vegetable on the couch Tuesday through Thursday and be able to perform Friday. Saturday and Sunday and Berta let her stay the course and leave the crab which is what she called it behind her (laughs) Berta is currently in remission and yeah congratulations and and good luck and I hope we hear more about this but it took six episodes to to divulge this that's insane well it's crazy because we, we, we've only really had one massive cancer storyline on Drag Race. and We didn't hear it on the show until Cynthia was brought back for the second season. As, mm. as we, will, we learn in season eight, she was just out of it and nothing was fitting because she lost all that weight. And that's why she was brought back. So this is, this is kind of a new storyline and it's a really beautiful one. And talk more about it. I want to hear more. I want to learn more. Berta, if you want to come on the show, come. Let's chat. Yeah. We I can mean, eat food. We can have a charcuterie board. Oh, that's the cooking show. There it Maybe is. You can there have a, an episode where you cook along together. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it is, she, that was a beautiful um, storyline. And I'm glad that she was able to share that element of her drag because when you do have something like that, that makes it a now or never moment, it really mm-hmm. does change your perspective on, uh, on yeah. um, pursuing your your passions and Absolutely. kudos to her to real, for realizing that that's like one of the hardest things in the world to do to quit a, a job that you know is providing you stability for something mm-hmm. that's like a free fall you know yeah well Lolita is going to run over and give her a big hug and that will not be the last time this episode just you wait we're still getting there 
But it's main stage time, and we have Nikki, who is looking sensational. I adore this look so much. The hair yeah. was brilliant, blonde pop star pony with that black horse. Oh my and black god, yeah. she looks dress. like an actual doll. She is Nikki doll, the She's real incredible. Doll. Yeah, she looks like yeah. a Barbie. Literally. Now we're gonna have Daphne Berkey. Kitty smile. Who needs to stop wearing those wigs, Kitty? No, no more, <laughs> Kitty. Please, please. Uh, Alexander Marthusi and Yazil. And here's how we're gonna do things. We are going to combine the ads and the runways and discuss them alongside the critiques. Are you ready? Wait, before we do that, I have yes. to I have to yes. call out the funniest translation. Yes, do you please. Remember when Nikki was like, "What's your favorite scent?" to all of them, and then he was like, uh, "J'adore," and she was like, "J'adore," and then he was like, uh, je, "No, j'adore," and he like fell asleep. Yes. The translation said, "No, I'm a door." Yes. And j'adore means I sleep. Fascinating. <laughs> Listeners. I'm a door. But between All Star Seven, Drag Race France, we gotta hire a new caption, people. <laughs> no, I'm a door. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, no, Raja did not call Jada her little incest baby. Her that's what the subtitle said. What she called she her call her infant. Her infant baby. Oh, her incest baby. Incest baby. I think oh I did God. see that because I was watching it at a bar and they had the subtitle. <laughs> it was so weird. No, no. <laughs> All right. So let's oh. start off. Category is Hope Couture. In honor of the runway, we are going to play Hope or Cold. Oof. Okay. I know. My puns are bad. I love it. La Grande Dame. Let's start off with her video. Her video was so odd. I just felt very uncomfortable watching it. Her character was like skeezy, especially with that voice she put on. Uh, she barely got the perfume in because it was always covered with that black smoke. Um, if her look was sensational, if it wasn't so good, she probably would have been in the bottom. This video yeah, sucked. That look was the her runway look was like yeah. one of the only actual couture on the runway. So the look apparently is actually by Jean Galliano. A uh, oh, hat sure. by Emmerich Francois, 3D earrings by Rossi. Uh, this is what I expect her to wear. It's high like fashion. It looks expensive. I thought she said the hat was Galliano, but the look was Galliano. I don't know. I'm not. Maybe maybe the hat was. I'm not sure. Um, I was basing it off of what she wrote in her Instagram, oh, which is. Then, I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the hat was exquisite. It looked very yeah. simply an effective statement piece. She is the epitome of the model. She has the right proportion. It's kind of a bit unfair, but I that's mean, she the breaks. Like, she looks like a fashion illustration, like literally. That is i mean the airte fashion illustration that paloma had that was mm -hmm. the proportion of literally of La Grande. um i do love that that she used a little bit of red for her eye which really made her lips pop red um and the earrings are probably the draggiest thing that's in her entire wardrobe this season mm -hmm. but she's still but it's like fashion on her because that's like the exactly only featuring right exactly um no she looked stunning that was that was beautiful Alexon says she serves up an incredible dish and was magnificent and her couture was totally his thing. Kitty says Kitty was less convinced by the sheet, sheet as he was <laughs> expecting her to appear as a grand dame right. at some point. The look, though, I will give it a hot. Oh, the look is a uh, 100% hot. No, only 95% according to the oh, audience. 5% cold. Oh, really? I know, crazy. crazy. They're jealous. They're haters. They really, honestly, they probably <laughs> Next up, La Big Berta. Berta went camp in her ad, but she dove so deep into the Bachelorette storyline that it didn't land for what a perfume is meant to do. Cliche could have been so much grander, 
I mean, hey, with all the pride shit, do the cliche of gays. Mm. I need to know, though, why of all the songs she could have been humming, was it Seven Nations Army? I have no idea. Like, <laughs> that was a very butch decision to do right there. Um, but I guess if you were a cliche and you went to a bachelorette party of your dreams, I don't know. I, this this one was a lot. This this was not what I want my bachelorette party to be. Yeah. I did not. Yeah, I'm, I uh, was, like I said before, I wasn't really certain what she was selling. I kind of understood the concept when she was laying it out. And yeah. Cliche. I don't know. I I kind of actually thought maybe instead of the bachelorette party, like if she took the concept of cliche and it was a box with rainbow and unicorns and stuff, maybe she could have made a commentary on like cliche homosexual. Exactly. That's what know? it should have been. Um. But uh. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't quite know what she was selling. Yeah. Well, the look by Tuna Mess. I like the statement and showing body and then revealing the sample size dress in the middle of the garment, but it was the execution. It was not there. There are just so many elements that I do not care for. The shoes may be because of her remission. I don't know. I don't want to make excuses, but they were certainly not Hulk Couture. Um, the gray beard is a choice. I do not like it, but for whatever reason that hairpiece is, I would have preferred the bald head moment if you're going to be no androgyny we're playing for. And the gloves, they're black. They just stand out. They didn't look good. This may be one of my least looks I've ever seen. Uh, I didn't okay I guess I must I must have missed something or looked away at the wrong part because I didn't realize that that she was doing a sample size yeah in the middle of the um that like went totally over my head which is kind of brilliant brilliant idea terrible execution but yeah because my number one sort of uh well now it feels very ironic to say it's a critique but it was that the proportion of the caftan was yeah. odd. Do you own a caftan? Um, I own caftan-like things. I don't, I don't own a caftan. Do I, I don't need a caftan? I think you do need a caftan. I think everyone. Am I that? Have I gotten to that? I point think in I gayness? want. I need a caftan to wear as Andrew. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have in drag. I have caftan-like things, but I don't have a true like what they would consider on the caftan runway. Of season sure. eleven, <laughs> don't have a true captain. Um, sure. I kind of, but that sample size thing. I think it would have been interesting if the outer garment, like, was to her proportion. I agree. The sample size was highlighted as being very small in the middle because yeah. it just looked like something that what, like, you know, the definition of couture is that it's like made for you. Exactly. Or not. You know, that's like an element of it is that it's like made to the person. There's like a lot of hand sewing done, but maybe mm-hmm. she was making a, a counter intuitive statement on it. So yeah. that perhaps it's it's far too deep for our for our <laughs> comprehension. <laughs> Yazil says she likes the outfit, but would have really liked for her to show her body in folds, but she is down for the Gaultier inspired dress. But next time be naked. Nikki says in terms of her commercial, her main idea is exactly what she would have done, but she got lost in the idea. It was less impactful. This look is a cold for me. Yes, it's a a foie, which is cold in French. Audience, uh, 33% hot, 67% cold. Mm -hmm. Lolita Banana. I think the execution and the storyboard for this one was so smart, but the concept was just off. She smells. I know people still smell. Drag queens, wash your tights, please. Um, this perfume, 
makes you not smell it. So basically she made deodorant. Like this doesn't help you with pit stains. You still got the pit stains. Yeah. So this my, was a mess. Overall, my my biggest critique of the of these commercials in general, if we're comparing them to like a an actual perfume ad. And mm-hmm. then we're comparing them to usually what like the drag race formula or format is for these type of commercials is they didn't, a lot of them didn't set up a problem that the right. product was solving. And I didn't see enough of a transformation that the product was solving. There wasn't yes. like uh, dynamics in the commercials. They were all shot in the same plane, the same frames, the same, mm-hmm. everything was this like the same mood. And I felt like, you ultimately either wanted something very succinct and like parodying commercials, kind of like um, not to compare to other seasons, but I'm going to like, um, you know, the, uh, the very popular season five perfume commercial where mm-hmm. it was like um, heroin or like um, red for Phil, yes. you know, like that, those are parodying actual, you know, like there's a parodying like these have always brought me luck or like obsession, mm-hmm. you know? But it's like there wasn't any commentary on perfume ads, which I'm sure they're crazy in France. Oh, absolutely. I, one would assume. Um, but um, that's like the height of like ridiculous fashion opulence, right? Exactly. Um, but um, anyway, I don't mean to heart because it's like generally across the board. But this kind of what you were saying, the, the concept and execution not aligning is it felt like there wasn't enough of um, a common comment on the style of perfume ads. And then also like the product solving a problem in a dramatic way, like a transformative right. way. This yeah. look, Period. hair by <laughs> Kitty Bam Bam, look by Mirat Pari, headpiece by Tibol Puri. I guess she's taking the category and doing the celebration of design. Uh, we have seen many others do a sewing inspired look and they were much more fashionable. This was pure camp arts and crafts. Uh, the pants being chaps are a no for me. Also, why is she on stilts? Like, why and why, why didn't they make her lipstick in them? That's what I wanted from the moment. Um, the pin cushion on the head is not it. The only <laughs> thing that I loved was that stunningly styled wig. Like that was Lolita doing dolly hair. That wig was fucking incredible. I liked the pin cushion. It was just so big for her. It looked like she was gonna fall over. Oh. I liked. I kind of. I don't know. Maybe it's because I liked her so much that I was like, excuse me. Um. Uh, seeing through you know what i mean like oh mm-hmm. like glossing over the and you're allowed to you're allowed to disagree more, with me please yeah. disagree with me oh absolutely okay fuck it i'm bringing the earrings on um no 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 yeah of course i'm i kind of liked the headpiece but then the more i looked at the outfit the more i disliked it yeah like i kind of liked it in gen- up on first glance i was like okay challenges couture the runway theme is couture so you're thinking like what's going into making a couture garment. But then I was like, well, we've also seen that another, that concept, like Valentina, your couture, like where it was the, you know, under structure, like Mm -hmm, the kind of mm -hmm. basing. And then didn't even Nikki Dahl have a concept like that? I believe so. Yes, she did. Like that was like the Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So the more, oh, the other thing that kind of bothered me is um, I was like, what's on that jump, that very long jumpsuit? 20 feet high in the air like what are those things yeah i was like are it's a tape measure is it like because to my eye the pin cushion on top of her head was the scale and then in the close-up shots there were these tiny little buttons and i was like so they were like a completely different scale than the Mm -hmm. pin 
So I'm like, if that's the statement and you're making this huge, you know, um, on stilts, like, shouldn't everything be like an exaggerated, like, I almost want to see like a giant tape measure then falling and cascading from the Because that's the reason you would want height is to have some dramatic, like vertical element, right? You got it. Um, but anyway. Now, Alexandra is going to say he's delighted to discover all her ideas, but her ad moves to the least. He likes what she is wearing because it is neat and found it funny. Daphne says she doesn't want to ask how she came up with the idea, but she does. And Lolita says it is from personal experience that she squeezes her arm real tight as to not as to hide the trauma from her past. Um, I'm going to give this a cold. No, no, for me. not for me. For the look? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it was a lukewarm. All right. Well, the audience got it. Was saying it was hot, hot, hot with seventy percent, thirty percent cold. Yeah. Uh, next up is So It Amuse. In her ad, she is wearing her entrance look jacket for the challenge. Uh, she sure is. Reduce, reuse, redraggle. I mean, um, that's what we got to talk about on drag and on drag. You can't live on drag. Literally. <laughs> and we um, be reusing drag pieces. Yeah. Uh, Lily. Uh, so we do need more than a perfume for toxic masculinity. It's mm. a problem. Um, yeah. But perfume is a good start, right? Sure. Um, I love that she made her pit crew member. I just love that she made her pit crew member say, you should have not, bitch. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> just the way he said it. I was yeah. like, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I just keep saying it. Uh, that is what made the video funny. Mm-hmm. And that's branding. That's branding. That's branding, kid. Yeah, well, it definitely was a branding challenge, mm-hmm. wasn't it? It sure was. Um, hers was another where I was like, I think hers was the one of the more successful commercials, but I yes. still think there were some dynamics that I wanted to see more of. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see the like, almost like, you know, in the um, infomercials, how like everything is the hardest thing ever. Like, it's yeah. like, are you, yeah, like, do you struggle to open your refrigerator? And then the woman's like, I do. Her hands are like. Vaseline that she can't get a grip on the hand, you know what? Or like whatever, like the the simplest day task. So like if the setup was like that, she's like harried and overwhelmed. Like you, you, I almost needed to see that like um, exaggerated to the nth degree. And then once she, you know, and then there's like this really dramatic close up shot, a glamour shot of her or whatever, because she's a powerful woman. Anyway. But that's um, that's more of my notes for the um, the editing and production team. So I'll send them my um, I'll I'll type them into Google Trends. Yes, please, please do. And send them um, your mail. Her look, no designers listed. I want to know who fucking made this. It was stunning. She looks cunt. Uh, I love this leather dress with the tool top, those glasses, mm. and the hair. Even though it's not hers, it was supplied by the Gondam. I mean, sisters being sisters, oh. no matter what, the overlapping the of various materials. Themselves. Exactly the textures made this look just pop in all the right ways this was fucking sexy okay i'm gonna be some somewhat contrarian <gasps> uh-oh what are you gonna say andy starling oh my okay so they're the goods i did and i did listen to the episode um the first episode where um obscura mm. was talking about wearing black on on television and so um, uh, in the first, you were talking about the first episode and Obscura yes. was saying, if you wear just flat black or whatever, the light absorbs it, it doesn't read, blah, blah, blah. So this definitely was how to do black yes. well for the stage in terms of all the texture, the dimension, the sparkle, the shine. It looked so luxe. 
Um, and she looked incredible. She, but maybe it's just me. My eye is getting really um, desensitized to the style of drag. Interesting. Does that make sense? Interesting. Is that, Why is, is that? I, is that a hot take? I think it is. I Why feel like is that, I feel Amsterdam? like no. She looked incredible, and I'm starting to. And by no means I am. Um, you know, I uh, am not turning out look look upon look upon look. So this is just me being a um, objective viewer. Um, in saying that I feel like this style of drag is becoming very, um, like it, I'm seeing it a lot. Yes, that I, and it does because the it was... hair, the little glasses, the, the, the this, there's like mm -hmm. some stuff here, there's stuff that like. It's interesting because we, I, even though this episode is probably going to be out before my um, All-Star 7 episode, but we discussed it on the All-Star 7, 7 episode where there is a we ha there was a bit of a celebration for Raja and Jinx this season and their runways because they were on a season where if you bought a dress it was a dress and it was fine it was off the rack it was it was part mm. of what drag was right. in that era of drag race and now it's like you need a look you yeah, need you a garment the fuck out of it and now we're kind it of cycling exactly we're cycling back into uh, we're doing this kind of thing it's a very weird cycle but at, we're kind of how we were talking about Legrand Dom if you're a model and you can wear clothes straight off of sure. a fucking runway, you're going to get away with it. Yeah. I mean, she'll, and she looks stunning. And again, uh, Swa, Swa looked stunning. Swa. Swa looked stunning. But I was also like, um, I felt very familiar. Yeah. Is that, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, I appreciate um, that. So it's like, yeah, it's obviously a, a hope. And the texture, mm -hmm. like I was talking about, but I was also like, and maybe I'm just starting to get jaded, but I was like, it feels familiar. That's fair. Yeah. Kitty is personally delighted to see her in a very draggy outfit. He appreciates that she listened to them to reevaluate herself and push. He says it's one of her best fits and she should keep going that direction. He says her makeup fits her so well. He still asks her in commercial where the perfume is because she's got the money for it. She likes her vibe. She likes her idea. It was really, really clear and very powerful. This look, I'll give it a hot. Say it again. I'll give it a hot. Good you word for hot. me. Oh, I sure do. You give it a hot. Yes. We. Oui. Audience, 90% hot, 10% cold. And finally, Paloma. They're onto something. They're onto something. Paloma. I know the words for cunt are different in France, but Paloma sold it. Um, the charisma, unique, and center of talent in French. What is it? Charisma, audacity, or something? It was, it was, I don't know. Yeah. This was pure comedy, pure camp. She nailed the delusion. Uh, switching from the adjectives of her being like, you know nothing of that because you suck. Relatable kids. I found that very relatable content. Um, Anok, is that how we? Say again. Anok, A-R-N-A-Q-U-E. Is that what the uh, French translation was for fraud? Um, which is what a lot of NYC bitches should be wearing. Um, you know who Spell you are. it one more Frauds. time for me. A-R-N-A-Q-U-E. I'm not sure how, how she pronounced this. Arnaud. Yeah, right? That means um, scam. <laughs> fraud. Yeah. Oh, fraud. Well, fraud okay. is what they said on the From caption. Arnaud. Um, 
I love that she said fraud smells like champagne, youth, and easy money. The life, the life. Um, I thought this was a very good ad. I I was very impressed with her. Mm. She's good. Yeah. Do you think now she's the look. Win? We'll, we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it. <laughs> the look is by Mademoiselle Bou, headpiece by Plumes de Paris. This was brilliant. The whole reveal with the sketch turning into the look, it's simple and elegant and perfect for who Paloma is. The silver is a wonderful color for her with that subtle pop of color in the face. The headpiece is glorious. If she had that sketch as her own merch with like her face in it, I would totally buy it. This is who Paloma is to me. Now I know the Erte Foundation. I know, well, probably, <laughs> but I I know you had to have some appreciation for this. I absolutely well, yes, uh, I love Erte as you know. I've been uh, somewhat obviously that style and um, yes. been very inspired by Erte illustrations myself. Much appreciation. I'm so jealous of her for having those big almond eyes that she can do that right that very sleepy. 20s makeup and it just reads so well on her face like I'm like fuck you and you're like <laughs> visible lids because I'm like hooded lids over here um she actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Bianca in the makeup she did she right? very and, and the like, look and very the look. much so yes 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 um I did have a couple notes on it <laughs> okay let's hear them um, go for it first of all loved the loved the concept of the fashion illustration and then a dropping mm-hmm. Um, there were, and this is interesting because I was taking notes and then I looked at her, um, Instagram. And so I was like, I kind of, because you're giving the audience, this is like, um, you're giving the audience exactly what they're about to see. So it Mm -hmm. has to look exactly like the, the illustration. Yes. Because that's what you're telling the audience you're about to show them. Right. So that was my one critique is I wanted her to be in the exact pose. She was in a similar pose, but I wanted it to be the exact pose that the fashion illustration was on with the arm out and everything. And also there were some elements of the dress that when I looked at her Instagram, she, it looks like she edited, like mm-hmm. there was a train in the fashion illustration and her dress did not have a train. Like the, there was more exaggerated elements in the fashion sure. illustration um, that I, on for like the, you know, if you have all the time in the world to like edit it, right? Um, th- mm-hmm. That would be the the critique. But it's like so that there was a train. It was just like there are certain things that were more exaggerated than others in the illustration. Mm-hmm. So I think she could have played with the proportion or scale of that, like the long train. The um, the uh, stole was larger in the illustration, like just to really push that concept because a fashion illustration is like all about being exaggerated, right? like everything like the waist is super small and everything you know whatever so just if you're gonna like give that as like this is the first thing the audience is seeing and this is the look right behind it that was my like one thing but anyway but obviously an amazing look now do you have any of their uh, illustrations in your possession um i uh i have airte books Mm -hmm. you know there was like a huge um uh, Art Deco revival in the 80s and Erte started illustrating again, I believe, or maybe he was always Ooh. illustrating, but like there are a lot of um, costume designs from that time. Like the eight, he was, you know, an illustrator in the 20s, but also up into the 80s, there's a lot of stuff that you can find with those designs. And I, I'm wondering if he, I don't know if he did stuff for Cher. Is there an Erte look that you would love to recreate? Oh, there's, um, well, I know Bob Mackie is very inspired by Erte. And so mm-hmm. a lot of his stage costumes are kind of similar. And there's a Barbie that Bob Mackie did. 
that has like a big moon mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. a moon headpiece and it's all celestial so i love all the erte looks that are like very celestial nice, and star yeah. you know like andy starling oh i i did have a fun fact about erte that i wanted to yes, present to your audience um so erte was actually i just learned this in the past year or so too erte is a french um like a french uh, nickname, I suppose, for the initials RT. Oh, well, so RT. So in French, in French, R is pronounced air, and mm-hmm. T is pronounced T. Oh, Erte so, um, was um, a Russian. Um, he was uh, fr- uh, Russian by uh, yeah, Russian-born French artist. Yeah. So his oh, real his real name is Roman Petrovich Tirtov. RT. Wild. Okay. There you go. So that's now. Why, when are we going to get an Erte um, musical? That's what we need, right? <laughs> well, they're doing the Lem- Lampica. I know. Oh, they are. Even uh, Espinosa get that Tony and, uh, Award. Natalie Joy Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, she's playing her muse. But um, so maybe after that. But yeah, Erte, phenomenal. If the kids don't know about it, go look it up. But yeah, that um, that was a beautiful look, and she like fully realized. Absolutely. That, that moment. Daphne, thanks her for her homage to Erte, who she reminds the audience is reputed for his fashion illustrations and she paid her perfect homage. She says every detail was sublime. Nikki was surprised the most by her commercial. She says it was one of the most inspirational things she's seen all season. She says she is immensely talented, but she's still so humble. She says she pushes people to work even harder on their passions because she is really passionate. Paloma will take a moment and speak for the girls and say that Thank you to Nikki for the incredible experience and that she is there with them. She went through everything they are and she is making it much easier. We'll get why that, we'll we'll talk about that transition in a moment. (laughs) First off, this look, it is hot. Perfect. Yeah, hot. Audience, 72% hot, 28% cold. Rude, very rude. Maybe they had similar thoughts as I was thinking about. Probably. Well, after that very touching moment with Nikki, she's like, well, speaking of my drag race experience, remember that time when I was like told like who should go home? <laughs> yeah, go. Tell me, bitches, yeah. who needs to go home? I was like, that's such a rude segue, but it was uh, so fun. Yeah. Um, we love the dreaded question, don't we? Sure. The Grand Dame says she is going to answer simply and based on the rankings, Lolita, as she is the fewest wins and fared the least well. While Bigberta goes with the same, in her head she knows it's between her and Lolita, but she wants to stay. Lolita Banana oh. is going to make things dramatic. She does not want to answer until she is forced to, and she wants to lay down on her sword and say herself, but Nikki is like, you will not. That's what I did, and I regret it every day. I thought that was such a poignant statement so by Nikki. Good. Come on, peer pressure. So good. She ultimately will say Berta and she'll go over to console Lolita and Lolita's tiny little hat, um, <laughs> her tiny little head, make it almost assault Berta. And she's like, Did you no. see Berta? Yeah, Berta no. was like, whoa, 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 those pins are coming yeah. close to the mug. So funny. Um, yeah, that was a funny After moment. a very touching it's moment, so it's real. like, no. Yeah. Soa says the game is the game. She loves her sister, but she's big competition for her, Lolita. And Paloma says at this stage, they all deserve to be there, but she'd say Lolita as well. Can I say I loved that moment because everyone was so like self-actualized and I was right. like, I felt like I was watching like a French film where everyone was like saying their feelings like, my darling, I, you know, I love you, but this yeah. is the only way, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Untucked Jr., where the tension is high after that moment on the main stage. Uh, suspenseful, even, according to the captions. Suspenseful music is what it said. Suspenseful music. Well, Lolita has the headpiece off, and this is where the obsession of that hair comes from. It was so good. Anyway, she feels like it's awkward and wants to go home. She doesn't want to be there anymore. She doesn't want a confrontation. It feels like she doesn't have any business being there. She's asked how she feels, and she says, very small. To fill in this outsider narrative, the Grand Dame will essentially admit that they're all just closer to La Bigberta, so someone had to go. And I was like, ooh, not a good look. Not a good look. Paloma says that they've all been there at some point, whether it being queer or drag queen or a gay kid in school, at some point they were the person not chosen to be in the group and felt rejected. I was like, I know that life. I've been there many times. Paloma will say to Lolita that last week she revealed herself that she was feeling out on her own since the start of the competition and that their relationship with her is very recent. Lolita will say that it's a reflection of how she's been feeling in the competition and says it's her own fault because she wasn't able to build connections. She will say that everyone saying her name accentuates her story of her life since coming to France, and this is going to get so feeling a certain kind of way. She feels like that whole not from France chick isn't working since she's been there for 12 years. She thinks hearing it is becoming tiring at this point. That was and this is when, yeah, it was a little icky. Um, but this is when all the hate came over to Sola uh, through social media. It was because she was <gasps> nasty about it, but that's all they heard. Mm-hmm. So we'll say that they have had conversations, maybe off camera, where she said she had given everything she had and even that she would be happy with the resolve she left today and that she can't call into question just because they asked the question of who should leave. She reminds her that they asked who should leave, not who they didn't like. Paloma tries to boost her up and say she's a fucking great competitor and says that there were challenges she thought Lolita would fuck up but she never faltered. She tells her to keep being confident in herself and the room gets silent because it's very awkward. (laughs) Could you imagine if we did that for Iconic? Could you imagine if we were that cruel? I would never. I'm not. (laughs) I'm never. Um, But it was very uncomfortable. I liked what they, um, I did like what she said, you know, like she asked who should leave, not who we didn't like. Because mm-hmm. I feel like as artists, we often hear any sort of criticism as like an attack on one's character. Exactly. And I think that that's also kind of the narrative that Drag Race spins in general. Like if you're like if you're in the bottom of or if you failed this challenge, if you did this, like you're a terrible person, and like you're an, mm-hmm. and that's like why these queens get all this, you know, hate offline is because the narrative is coming from the top. Right. of um of the you know production mill it's like um so i i liked that point that she, that they're all very real about it saying like it's not that we don't like you it's that it's more of a pragmatic um question yeah. i i loved it well the queen queen's return as nikki has made some decisions she has decided that paloma will win and she gets a really fucking great prize she gets it's offered a prize directly from Jean-Paul Gaultier. It's a year's worth of perfume oh, and the opportunity. I know. And the per- opportunity <laughs> to participate in his next digital pride campaign. Like, bitch. So oh, was jealous. Oh. And we. I don't even know if they knew what the actual prize was or if this was, like, done in real time or if that was just them acting. But uh, 
Yeah. Uh, wow, that was crazy. That well, was a good prize. Um, didn't she? Have, they have the confessional. She did have the confessional. Yeah. Uh, but whenever like Nikki's like, do and yeah. you're like, yeah, voila. Do you know what it is? <laughs> or yeah. So that's why I'm not. I'm sure they knew because yeah, but that's a good prize. That's, that's a great prize. Good for you, Paloma. So La Grande Dame are safe, which leaves La Begberta and Lolita Banana as the bottom two. Do you agree? Yes. I yeah, agree. I do too. Um, for me, La Grande Dame, I said it earlier, if her look was worse, then she would be bottom, but that look, you can't put that look in the bottom. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. With the star in the room, the two will lip sync to the Silt Corpse. And bitch, we're getting a ballad, an emotional one at that. That was very emotional. Ooh, and we get to hear it this week. It's not uh, blocked in our country. Uh. <laughs> um, I don't know if the lyrics are translated perfectly in the captions, but damn, this song was gutting. Yeah. And they were going there. I mean, it wasn't just like, you could tell that they both mm-hmm. related to what they were portraying. I will say it right now. This was one of the most emotional and touching lip syncs in franchise history. Absolutely. To me, this was just a step below Latrice Royale in the middle, Kenya Michaels, but a step above Raven and Jujubee. Mm. Right in the middle there. Well, mm. definitely a step below, not a step below, but um, I could see for Latrice's lip sync. Mm. Kenya Michaels lip sync, I'm not sure. <laughs> but like yeah. collectively, them together, it was a very powerful yeah. moment and that, that it then became a duet. It was, honestly, it was one of the closest depictions I saw of drag that felt local. Yes. Like that felt like mm-hmm. something I would see on a local stage. I agree. Competition. And I'm not saying that in a like pejorative way. I mean, like in a good way. No, I agree. Way. I agree. Like, I mean, like, it, that felt like real drag to me that I see in New York City. Baritza really showed emotion, very much connected to the lyrics. And it was a very cathartic moment for Lolita. And it showed, uh, for me, I was like, well, I was very confused. Why does she keep holding her wig? What's <laughs> happening? She's falling into the split. And yeah. then she whips out that razor to shave her head. At the lyrics where she's talking about regaining her sanity and where is home. That's powerful. That was really fucking powerful. Now, we've never seen a head shave on Drag Race. I've seen many yeah. Queen attempted in New York City. Um, but this was, a, this was a moment. This was definitely a moment. Um, the judges could barely watch the slip sync because they were getting emotional. Yeah. Um, Nikki lost an eyelash. Did you see that? She sure did. She sure did. Now... I was like, Silt's- no one on production was like, hey, let's let me get that for you. <laughs> I know, right? You uh, Silt wanted Berta to strip naked, and she 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 got it. Um, Lolita does too, but when she gets stuck in her corset, Berta rushes over to her to help her out, and yeah. it became a beautiful moment. Like, was she was- stuck in the corset? I thought she was using like it seemed like it was. It was a yeah. combination of the two, but yeah. in the the emotion that Berta brought to him, yeah, made it feel oh, that way. Okay. Um, again. It felt like it was all planned, but it clearly was yeah. not. And when they just fell into each other's arms and held yeah. one another, like I know there was just music left. There was no more words. Uh-huh. It, it was so stunning. Um, yeah. they, eventually they're going to stand. Barta is holding Lolita like a baby as the music plays. And it was just very touching. And like I said, three times in one episode, the two of them were hu- found hugging and it was very fitting. It was a um, foreshadowing. It was. Did you well, also the... notice the uh, the razor was foreshadowed? 
literally always um, uh, Chekhov's razor they did a uh they did a close-up of um lolita shaving mm-hmm. with that razor and the eye annie sterling the only, thing, the only reason i noticed it because it's like one of those electric like a, yeah hand razors or whatever mm-hmm. and i'm always like oh i should get one of those <laughs> that's why i remember because i was like oh i see girls shaving with those and they seem like easier i should get one of those and then she fucking shaved her head with it at the end so, like, production definitely put that shot in as yeah, like literally a yeah or, now or- to the queens and to many viewers the result was shocking lolita stays as an early contender while the Guerta is eliminated do you agree I, I think I do agree. I based if we're gonna base it on lip sync, I do agree. And I'm not even basing it on lip sync. I'm basing it on like kind of overview of the story. Yeah. Like I, I'm not sure that I've that. Um, I don't think like Big Bertha's what La, La Big Bertha's track record is um, like yes, yes, like the runway looks like like there's not like some necessarily something um i don't know i i think definitely and you know they love keeping a um a foil kind of to the other Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm, other girls mm -hmm. um even though they all seem to love and uh somewhat respect uh lolita of of course she's like and that's why i said she's kind of again filling that shangela sort of um placement because i think she'll probably be out in the next episode or two Mm-hmm. Um, because that's sort of there's like, only two more episodes left. Oh, okay. So maybe next episode. Yeah. But um, that's sort of where that car- persona tends to fall in their storytelling. Um, but definitely, I think it made more sense. I actually, I thought, I forgot that I thought this, but I thought it was going to be a, a Shante. You both stay. I agree. I would have been fine. I thought with it was going to be a a double a double. I, I could have seen that happen. But as you mentioned, yeah, yeah, as you mentioned, the producers very mean to Nikki to let that bottom lash just cry off. Um, <laughs> they did fix it for the end of the episode, but a little too late. Um, and then seeing so but that to me says that it's a little more real than America. Exactly, movies. that says that yeah. they weren't interrupting moments to like over yeah produce um like shots and stuff. Yeah, and seeing so a sob at this elimination was striking as we've not seen emotion from her all season. If she is going to be the winner of the season, this was a very important moment for her arc. Which one? Soa. Soa. Oh, you think Soa's going to win? I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm. I, have a lot, I have a thoughts of thoughts. But I do have some big uh, burning questions for you. Yeah, okay. What is La Big Berta's legacy? What is her legacy? Mm-hmm. Um, is this a real question? Like, a, yeah. should I know the answer to this? No, just like what open ended. What what from the show? Oh, like what is her what legacy? legacy she be? Yeah, what is her she leave? legacy? Is that her legacy is much like, um, uh, <laughs> much like what the fuck's her name uh, <laughs> on season three? Um, fuck, her name is escaping my mind, and she was just on All Stars. The one that's like, this is why Derek don't like you. India Farah. India Farah. No, or, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, India Farah. Much like India Farah in the reunion of season three where she's like, I got eliminated too. Like, after all these challenges I wasn't good at, every other challenge I would have excelled at. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's like, um, and then RuPaul was like, so had it been a challenge about making excuses, she's like, I would have mopped the floor with it. Yeah. 
So um, uh, Big Bertha's uh, legacy is that she would have slayed the cooking challenge. She sure would. <laughs> now we're going to get a loved one makeover challenge next week. Who do you think will do well with a brush and who will you see end their story before the finale? Oh, it's a it's a makeover challenge. It is a makeover challenge. Um, so Paloma, Paloma and Legrand Dom definitely are going to do well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it's going to be a challenge for Lolita. Yes, I agree. Um, and then, so I don't know. Probably, it ch- it'll probably be challenging for her too. I would assume just because they they keep commenting on her face and makeup, right? Yeah, like being like oh, um, better. I think Lolita's probably gone. I just can't see her in the finale. It just doesn't. Doesn't compute. Really um, story wise. And after six episodes, the winner of the season is. Um, hmm. I, I think it's gonna be Tam. I want it to be Paloma. Me too. Something, something tells me it's gonna be Legrand Dom. Yeah, it's being set up for Legrand Dom. The bitch can do terrible, and she still I mean, will she's not get far. fabulous. And I like. She's, you know, mm-hmm. she's great. She's amazing. You would like to, you would like to climb her, even though you're basically her height. Absolutely. Well, she's an inch taller, two or two inches taller than me. Yeah. So okay. I mean, she's gorgeous, but she's very. I mean, she's like 22. I don't know. What's wrong with that? I, I well, I'm a woman of a certain age. So am I. Exactly. <laughs> that's how. That's where we go now. Yeah, that's. Oh, are we cougars Kidding. now? Are we cougars? Literally. Yes. Um, we're Mrs. Robinsons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like Paloma, Paloma definitely feels like she has, there's some aspect about her that she feels like a queen to me, if that makes sense. I agree. Like there's this like all around, there's this, well, there's this regalness about her that's exuding where she feels like, um, like a very good ambassador of the brand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's it's almost like a Davina de Campo sort of, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I was like, oh, I think it's gonna be her, but you, of course, who won that season? The Vivian. The Vivian. So it's like kind of like a similar like thing, right? Yeah. I agree. Well, we'll um, find out. We'll find out soon. But um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's Lolita. <laughs> We're all like, oh, oh my god, god, could you imagine? I would love the it. immigrant. The immigrant wins. Dark oh France. Yes, because we know how much France loves immigrants. Like really, <laughs> um, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug, Andy Starling? Yes, um, you can find me on Instagram at the Andy Starling, T H E A N D Y S T A R L I N G. You can find me on Venmo at Tip Andy. If you use that um, Tip Andy on Venmo, do make sure that you just put some pizza emojis. So I know you're you're paying me back for the pizza slice I got you. Yes, yes, yes. P-I-P-A-N-D-Y. Um, upcoming projects. Stay tuned. Ooh. That's all I'll that. say. Well, Check Andy, it was Instagram for more. It was so much fun having you on the podcast. This is Merci. this was the right season for you. Oh yeah. Merci beaucoup. The one where we couldn't understand anything they're saying. Literally. Um, no, it's the fashion. Absolutely. It's the fashion that the makes fashion, sense for darling. me with you. Yes, thank you. I do, you know, I did grow up a Francophile, so I even, but even for me, it was difficult to follow along. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. The biggest thanks to Andy for coming on. Subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk 
to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.